It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings. Have you ever questioned why Ed Hartwell, former NFL player and exchange husband of Keisha Knight Pullen, has requested a paternity test despite the fact that they're legally married? Has anyone questioned why individuals are so upset that he has taken this stance? Well, first allow me to state that on behalf of the African American Juvenile Justice Project, our sole reason for doing this episode on today is based on our Father's Right to Know project because it is important for us to address the legal issues that plague men in America regarding establishing paternity and the legal consequences of failing to do so. To that end, we're gonna just highlight four areas because I do not know the Hartwell family. My law firm is not an intricate part in any personal or professional information concerning their marriage or the divorce proceedings. So we're gonna start with Mr. Ed Hartwell's request for paternity testing through a divorce proceeding. And then we're going to discuss the implication of Michael Jordan and Pamela Wise Smith's paternity test because it was also through Fulton County Superior Court, which is the same court where the Hartwells will be proceeding with the divorce. We're going to discuss the implications of a New York case in the matter of Shondell J versus Mark D. And then we're going to provide some guidance for husbands and wives in the sensitive area that would prevent divorce being the sole tool used to attain paternity testing when husbands have questions about such. Finally, I'm going to encourage you as listeners and followers as to what you can do to advocate for changes in law. So let me first start with Mr. Hartwell's request for paternity testing. As most of you have heard to date, the Hartwells were married for about seven to eight months. And of recent, she announced that she was expecting their first child. For some unknown reasons, Mr. Hartwell took to the court system to immediately proceed with a divorce. But do we really know why he had to take the divorce as an option? Because in the United States and states like Georgia, when a child is born and or conceived in a marriage, the father is automatically deemed, if he's the husband, to be the father. And so what you have is a man who's caught between a rock and a hard place. Again, throughout the United States, the laws are very clear. A child conceived in a marriage, also known as being born in wedlock or legitimation, is automatically deemed to be the child of the husband. And so where you have that dilemma, it places men like Mr. Hartwell and many others between a rock and a hard place and an effort of establishing paternity. It is very unfortunate that based upon these types of laws and legislation, that divorce becomes the method in which most men use so that by the time the child is born, they are no longer legally married, and therefore that presumption, the rebuttable presumption of this person being the biological father of the child is diminished. 
Where that happens, the father is generally not going to be present to sign the birth certificate, also known as an acknowledgement of paternity, two separate legal documents. And then in many regards, he can request that that child does not bear his last name, where most women may choose to keep the last name during the marriage and divorcement. Unique to what appears to be the case with Keisha Knight Pullman is whether or not she has taken on her husband's legal name, primarily because most of the media coverage of the marriage has been predicated upon her common name or the maiden name, and very little, if any, emphasis has ever attached his name to hers. Out of respect for the unknown, I will be referring to her as Ms. Hartwell until I have documentation that would substantiate otherwise. Under that premise, if she is a Hartwell and she bears fruit or produces this child to its full term, which we're hoping that she does, her quote-unquote baby girl, that in the course of doing that, that child will be born a Hartwell. Many men who go through divorcement who are questioning paternity do not want a child born of another man, allegedly, to take on their last name. Allow me, if you will, to reference at this point the Michael Jordan and Pamela Weissmith paternity case and its application to the issues raised in the Hartwell divorce. As many of you may be familiar, several years ago, between 2012 and 2013, a woman by the name of Pamela Weissmith, a resident of Fulton County, Georgia, in the very same court that the Hartwells are proceeding with their divorce, accused Michael Jordan of being the biological father of her child. Unique to Ms. Smith's circumstances was the fact that she was legally married at the time that she alleged these initial statements. However, when she commenced with divorce proceedings against her husband, it was the Superior Court of Fulton County's position, as well as the attorneys representing Michael Jordan, that quote-unquote paternity had already been established several years earlier. There were many individuals who heard that information and assumed that Ms. Pamela Y. Smith had a paternity test that excluded Michael Jordan as the biological father. On the contrary, that did not happen. And that is why Ms. Pamela Y. Smith was asking for a paternity test where phlebotomists would come and withdraw the blood, send the blood out for DNA testing, a paternity testing, and determine whether or not Michael Jordan was the biological father. But this is where the latex meets the lips, if you will, in that Michael Jordan's legal defense was very clever. His position was when you and your husband, Ms. Smith, petitioned the court for divorce, and when an order of divorce was finalized and a decree was issued, along with child custody and child support issues, the child that was born in your marriage or the child to whom your husband accepted as his biological child, now 16 years of age, that it quote-unquote conclusively established that that man, Mr. Smith, was in fact the father, not because there was any biological test to determine that Michael Jordan was not, but rather a simple legal proceeding called a divorce that never challenged the biological child's father, 
that never brought Mr. Jordan into the court at that time was the determining factor to, quote, unquote, conclusively establish. Again, Jordan never had to submit to the paternity test that Ms. Pamela Y. Smith had requested. And when she made the application to pursue him for child support and paternity, she would lose that case, and then the Fulton County Superior Court demanded her to pay his legal expenses. Yes, Mr. Jordan went there. And he won. Now, there are many who would say, come on, Jordan, if that were your biological son, wouldn't you want to know that? If the blood that runs through that child's vein is yours, wouldn't you want to know that? What is more important, for you to save money as an individual who has amassed wealth or for you to recognize that this child is in fact yours? That is never to imply that Mr. Jordan never went back to say, I, now that we beat the court system on this issue and we conclusively established in the divorcement degree that your husband claimed to be the father and that you originally allowed him to hold himself out as the father, maybe Jordan came back and has met with the child. I don't know. It's not my place to say. But from a legal perspective, what happened then is exactly, ladies and gentlemen, what is happening in the Ed Hartwell case. More and more men are becoming more and more cognizant of how the law has worked against over the years in certain issues pertaining to domestic relations, particularly paternity testing, particularly child support obligations. Because here's the other dilemma, tying that back into the Jordan Smith case, where evidence could have proven that he was the father. Do you know that they could attach an arrearage for all the years that child support was not paid, predicated upon Jordan's income during that time period, and then said, well, you're going to be required to pay this amount of money for the 16 years that this child had not had child support payments. And look at Jordan's lifestyle. And I know as of 2007, you will have to be aware that the state of Georgia had changed its child support rules so that it reflects both incomes. So it was no longer the standard 23%. But guess what? They can also legally argue that in the early years of that child's life, prior to the laws changing, can a calculation be based on that law and then effective 2007 based on the new law? We will never know because Jordan's lawyers effectively was able to establish with no blood tests, no paternity tests, that based upon the information Pamela Smith put in her divorce document and her complaint, that that child had been fathered by her husband. Ed Hartwell, despite how much women want to be angry with him, and despite how many men are claiming that, oh, he's being this, that, and the other, the fact of the matter is his lawyers did what needed to be done. Because if and when there is any indication that a man has to call into question the paternity of a child born in or conceived in a marriage, this ideally is the most appropriate and legal method that an individual has to take. You can't charge that to him as an individual. You have to charge that to the system in which we live in. And allow me now to reference a New York case with the highest court in New York 
in the matter of Shondell J versus Mark D. And this is exactly a quote from the court. It said, when a man held himself out or held that a man could be prevented from denying paternity, even when, even when, even when, even when DNA testing confirmed that he was not the father, if he had for an extended period held himself out to be the father of the child. Allow me to read it again. The court held that a man could be prevented from denying paternity, even when DNA testing confirmed that he was not the father, if he had for an extended period of time held himself out to be the father of the child. What does this mean? Applying it to the Hartwell matter that is on the minds of some people, it would mean that if Hartwell remained silent and never sought and or requested paternity testing and then held himself out to be the father of that child, that one of three things could have happened. One, at the time that she gave birth to the child, he would appear in the birth certificate as the father. Two, that by being on the birth certificate as the father and the child now being conceived and born in a marriage, that that child would be legally entitled to any lineage, advantages, inheritances of Mr. Hartwell. Again, I'm not here to get caught up in the hashtag messy, hashtag petty of what he's worth versus what she is worth. I'm just giving you the law. And who works who's more and who's worth less? That's not relevant to this conversation. At the end of the day, if the child is conceived and then born in that marriage, and that child takes on his last name and his name and he is named on the birth certificate as the and does not challenge that at the time or before, then ultimately what tends to happen is number three. That child is entitled to all of the rights that he would be, or she, since it's hashtag baby girl, would be entitled to as the law seems fit as his biological child, any inheritance or the rights of any other child that he has. Again, while it may not seem appropriate, and while it may give the appearance that this individual has, quote, unquote, abandoned his child and or the wife during her time of pregnancy, we have to chalk it up to the law and how it's being applied against many men like him under these circumstances. And listen to this. But for Miss Smith adding that child to that divorce complaint, and but for naming that child to be the, the, the child of her husband, Michael Jordan could have very well had a total different outcome. So is where the latex meets the lips, okay? Men, what are some of the tools that you could, in fact, use to avoid publicly humiliating, whether intentionally or not, a woman, the mother of your child, possibly, but more important, if nothing else remains questionable, we know what is not. She is the wife. And so this is where good lawyering comes into play. 
and I'm not questioning any of their attorneys. But ideally, what could have and should have happened is something like this. Honey, I question the fact that you purportedly have been hanging out with your friends, you haven't been coming home, and in fact, you allegedly spent three days out of the home. And now in this quote-unquote dark space of ours, you come back and you say you are pregnant. You know, I question that. So what I would like for the two of us to do, if we did not have a prenup, and even if we did, is to meet with our lawyers and propose a postnuptial, a postnuptial agreement. It's something that most people do not discuss. Most people go in thinking you just need prenups, but you know what? We can laugh at K West. We've had 18 years, 18 years, and he found out it's not his. You know, prenup, prenup. Okay. Well, there's also a post nuptial agreements. And a lot of lawyers who are specialists in the field of family law or who regularly practice family law, we're not perfect, but a really good attorney would have said, this is the alternative that you could consider. And that is not to imply that Mr. Hartwell was not given that option or that Mrs. Hartwell was not given that option. But for edification of my listening and audience and followers, just work with me. Something as simple as a postnuptial agreement could have avoided what she's having to deal with at this stage. And why is that critical? Again, I don't know her. Never had the pleasure of meeting her or displeasure of meeting her. I don't know her. But I do know that she's a woman who's carrying a child. She has a human being. And we know that the stress levels associated with any pregnancy could be deadly. People forget that. The number of women that immediately begin to suffer from high blood pressure, have strokes, cardiac arrest, and or blood clots and die. Many women who suffer from these types of stresses early on during pregnancy ultimately can bring harm to their children, could have stillborn babies. They can also go through depression and anxiety and not eat. So if you don't think about anything else as if we address these issues, Try and keep that in mind. And that's one of the things I wanted to do even in this, is to use this issue to edify, to improve the state of our community and the mindsets that most of us have when we address these issues, particularly those who look for the scandalous, salaciousness, and gossiping, those spirits of discord that come to kill, steal, and to destroy those who are looking to say, I told you so. I hope it did not work out. Those who are hoping that things never work out, the haters, they can either be your motivators or your educators, right? That you hope that individuals either use what they're doing to you to motivate you to the next level or to educate you about the process. And because I had the opportunity of skimming through as an attorney some of the hateration that she experienced, I said, well, I'm going to use it to try to help educate people like her and others. So when people come for you like this, I hope that there are many others out there who try to flip it back favorably to the both of you so that those spirits that come to kill, steal, and destroy you end up building you up 
and also building up a community. Again, a father's right to know is very important because establishing paternity is very critical to the state of our community and a society as a whole. Children need to know who their fathers are, and fathers need to know who their biological children are. Because some of the legal consequences of failing to do so include, but are not limited to, the hymns, the father being responsible for the health, the housing, the education, employability, maintenance, and support of that child. And even where you have someone like Michael Jordan, who's a multi-multi-millionaire, even where you have that scenario where the money is not the problem, we tend to forget when we have these types of conversations about the emotional attachment that these fathers need to have with their children. So let me bring that back full circle to what husbands and wives can do in the sensitive area that would prevent divorce. We touched on postnuptial agreements. You can simply say, I'm not going to file for divorce, but we're going to create a postnuptial agreement. And this legal and binding agreement is going to state the terms and the conditions, if or if not, whether or whether or not the child is mine. And if the child is mine, I will continue in the state of marriage. We will do A, B, C, D, and E. The agreement from now until the birth of our child is that we will receive some type of counseling. If it turns out the child is not mine, then we're going to wait after the child is born. I will not agree to sign the birth certificate. We will make arrangements with our physician and with the hospital where the birth certificate will not be signed immediately at the birth of the child. The child will not take on my last name. And alternatively, I will not be asked to sign an acknowledgement of paternity. We will have our lawyers to work that out at the necessary time. As soon as the child is born, we will have a phlebotomist immediately available there to withdraw blood. We will send our blood out to something like Red Cross or any other organization who's been designated with those powers to produce paternity testing results. Within zero to three weeks, we should have those results. And based upon those results, we will then address the terms and the conditions of the postnuptial agreement. If the child is mine, we will continue in our state of marriage. If the child is not, I will then move for divorcement. We will then say that there are no children. It will be an uncontested divorce because over the next couple of months leading to the birth of the child, we will work out a consent order which will outline the terms and the conditions of the divorce. If you're not willing to forgive me for having a child outside of our marriage, under whatever circumstances I may or may not have been dealing with. Glass half full, glass half empty. A divorce was not the only tool, but it is unfortunate it is becoming the only tool because of the fear factors associated with a woman having or giving birth when the husband is not around. And that is where the postnuptial agreement comes into place because there are many circumstances where a woman will give birth, she will tell the hospital she's married, they will rely on her legal last name and her legal marital status. That child will automatically be deemed to be the father's child under many circumstances when the father is not present. And hence, you have the collateral consequences of everything from health, housing, education, employment, maintenance, support. And for most individuals who are already struggling financially, that is a very difficult task for them to take on 18 years, 18 years. And it's not simply based on child support financial obligations, but the emotional attachment. 
And so where you have this type of issue transpiring, it is equally important that where you find out that the child is yours, that you ask for counseling so that that individual who is now emotionally and mentally and psychologically disconnected from the pregnancy and the birthing process will be able to develop some type of relationship with the child. And those are some of the things that could have transpired that may have avoided this immediate divorcement application or complaint for divorcement. But there are a lot of lawyers that don't do postnumps. There are individuals that also operate very spontaneously and may not be looking for other alternatives to divorcement, but these are definitely something that could have been considered. The other is legal separations for those who may or may not live in certain jurisdictions. You can consider those. I think to avoid legal separations and divorcement, that the postnuptial agreement when circumstances like this arise within a marriage could easily resolve those types of issues that can address the what ifs and if nots and be done in a way that you maintain the privacy, the dignity, the integrity, and the respect for your wife, regardless of whatever it is you may feel. And the same for a husband. So while many people are angry at Mr. Hartwell, I wanted to use this as an opportunity as a founder of the African-American Juvenile Justice Project, who has a Father's Right to Know program, because I see the collateral consequences of single parenting in our community and the adverse impact of fathers being displaced from the home and, moreover, the lives of our children. It leads to a school-to-prison pipeline, a sexual abuse-to-prison pipeline, girls being trafficked for sex, drug addictions, mental, emotional, psychological, anxiety issues, depression, young women and boys alike not knowing what it's like to have positive role models in their lives. Fathers are more than a paycheck. And we've created an environment that has become so conducive to simply reducing them to that, that as soon as a male hears pregnancy, that is the first form of defense that they take. I'm not paying child support. So even where you may find that you're not, quote, unquote, in love with the woman, sometimes respect alone could assist us in making the proper decisions, and that is the same for a woman. And that brings me to this. What do we do or what are women doing? I'm not a wife. I'm not married. I have no children. But what are husbands or wives doing within the scope of their marriage that opens the door for such speculation? where a husband has to ask for paternity. And so there are things that we do or not in relationship or in a marriage that lends itself to this type of outcome that if we're careful, we could have avoided them too. If we're careful, we could have avoided them too. And so where a father wants to know, I'm on the father. If you're married, Enter into a postnuptial agreement because here's where the rubber meets the lips or where that latex meets the lips. Some people say the rubber meets the road. Nah, for purposes of this conversation, that rubber is meeting those lips. Hello. Okay? And so where the rubber meets the lips, the best way to understand this point is this. When you find out the child is yours, what do you do? Having taken the woman through all of this. There are just some things that we hear are unforgivable where we do 
and we all want favorable outcomes, I hope that whether it be in this circumstance or any other, where a spouse takes to this level for this type of relationship that is already public, and you learn that the child is yours, in an internet social media society where people don't seek truth, they would rather believe the lie that one day a child is going to have access to the internet, one day a child will read, one day a child will be called, called upon to interpret, what do you do at that point? There are some things that we just cannot undo. So I still would hope that even at this stage, that if at all possible, for anyone else considering taking these steps, consider a postnuptial agreement. And contrary to the misunderstandings, you don't have to be millionaires to do postnuptial agreements. To the, on the contrary, you don't. At any state in a marriage like this, regardless of one's income, you're just simply saying, I want to change the terms and the conditions of what we may have originally agreed to. And if there were no prenup, you can still always have a postnup, and it can address some of these issues. Finally, I want to seek to encourage my listeners and my followers to please advocate to change laws that create this type of legal process in order for men to feel a sense of comfort and determining the paternity for a child that would otherwise be conceived and then born in a marriage. Right now, everyone is so caught up in the presidential election that it has been an overcast and it has overshadowed local elections so that legislatures could make it where you don't have to take these types of measures where men are immediately being presumed to be the father. And although it makes sense in theory, when you apply it to circumstances like this, where someone has to be called out publicly and purportedly accused of infidelity, again, don't know the circumstances, and quite frankly, it's not my business. I have my own. But for purpose of edifying a father's right to know, I think it is very critical that listeners and followers, especially in the African-American and the Latino community who are adversely affected through single parenting and fathers' inabilities to legitimate and issues with child support and obligations, that you consider these type of options that I discussed before you jump out there and apply for divorcement. Find some other least restrictive of what I would call it alternatives that don't bind you in the event that the outcome is different. I think I heard someone say they'll have to answer to her. They'll have to answer to her, that baby girl, one day. Thank you for joining me today on BTR Radio. And, again, I pray that everything works out for the Hartwell family and that there's a favorable resolution for both parties. And I conclude the way I started. My office has not and does not have any personal or professional information concerning their marriage or divorce proceedings. But as the founder of the African-American Juvenile Justice Project, through our Father's Right to Know program, I thought it was important to use this as a platform to draw awareness and bring about edification for our community. Thank you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.